breaking news from KXAN News. Opening arguments and police body cam video came on the first day of testimony in the trial of DeAndre White, the accused six-string mass shooter. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. And I'm Daniel Marin. White is accused of killing an innocent bystander when firing at least eight shots into a crowd. Back in the summer of 2021, he has pleaded not guilty. Our Jayla Washington is live at the courthouse. Jayla. Jennifer Daniel, uh, court just wrapped up and actually one of the first witnesses we got to hear from today was an Austin police officer. We got to see some of his body camera video showing people running, screaming, falling to the ground. That included 25-year-old Douglas Cantor who was killed in that shooting. Now, of course, this was extremely hard for everyone to watch, so you can only imagine how his family felt sitting front row in the courtroom watching how he lived out some of his final moments. The sound still jarring two years later after making national headlines. After a mass shooting in downtown Austin overnight, KXAN's Jayla Washington is there with the very latest. An absolutely chaotic scene. DeAndre White now on trial for murder. Intentionally and knowingly committing a felony. Accused of firing the shots into a crowd at random, paralyzing one woman even, who says she now has a damaged lung. And killing Douglas Cantor, who was out celebrating his grad school graduation with childhood friends. To the defendant, please. Opening arguments lasted less than an hour. The state claims White was the only person to fire a gun that night. Ultimately, you are going to see video footage from that night on 6th Street. You are going to hear from the people that were present, both people involved in the altercation and incident, and people that were there minding their own business that just happened to end up as witnesses to what happened. The defense argues White and his friends got into it with another group of kids in town from Colleen. That was then escalated by those gang members. That they, and that one of them pulled a weapon out of his waistband and that Mr. White felt that he had no choice but to defend himself and his friends. Cantor's family emotionally sitting by in the front row. Listen to prosecutors tell jurors how White tried to avoid getting caught. You'll also hear and see evidence of DeAndre changing his appearance after this happens. But we will ask you to find DeAndre White guilty of murder. Now, over the course of the trial, we know, according to prosecutors, we're still expecting to hear from uh, other witnesses who were just out there that night having a good time before all of this chaos erupted, as well as people who were with White during the time of that shooting as well. And actually, in about 45 minutes, uh, Cantor's family is going to be having a press conference. So, of course, we will be there for that. And our Brianna Hollis will have that live report for you guys as well tonight. Daniel. All right, Jayla, thank you very much. And in response to the shooting, Austin City Council passed the Safer 6th Street initiative in 2022. The city added additional cameras in the entertainment district, created critical incident training for bars, established a first responder staging area, and improved some street lighting. According to a recent update about the project, the main focus now is about diversifying the space. Kenneth Owens, the man arrested last year on a murder charge for allegedly killing his grandmother at a southeast Austin home, has been found incompetent to stand trial. Now, Owens has been ordered to be committed to a mental health or residential care facility for observation for up to 120 days. 
Well, turning to weather now, and ERCOT is once again asking us to conserve electricity use tonight, starting from right now until 9 p.m. Now, this is a look at the grid conditions now. You can see it starts to get kind of tight after 6 p.m. as a lot of people start to get home, David, and we're not even that hot today. Right. I'd venture to say this is probably the coolest we've been statewide when we've seen one of these conservation pleas. Today, Daniel, at least so far, the second day out of the last 53 when Austin failed to hit the triple digits. Celebrating a 99 degree day just shows how hot this summer has been. We're still enjoying a proper wind direction though. A rare one here for August from the north and northeast with gusts up over 20 miles per hour. This north wind is in the wake of the recent cool front and it's keeping temperatures more comfortable. I hate to say cool. 99 on Lake Marble Falls out at the River City Grill. Highland Furniture Camera. We did have one isolated shower earlier today out near Bastrop. No rain on the anymore and even there it was just a hundredth or so of an inch on our LCRA rain gauges. Coming up we have the latest new track of Hurricane Adalia heading toward Florida, your local Labor Day weekend forecast and an update to our next chance of rain. Let's dive a little deeper now into Hurricane Adalia. Here it is. This is a live picture from Marco Island now from Earth Camp. This is on the southwest coast of Florida. It looks a little calm here as the storm kind of gives us a glancing blow. You can see some dark skies though in the distance. Tropical storm and hurricane warnings cover the entire western coast of Florida as the storm approaches. And Adalia is now a category two hurricane strengthening just hours ahead of landfall. Jay Gray has a look at the final preparations for the millions who are in his path. It is moving day along Florida's Gulf Coast. Millions moving into full on storm mode as Hurricane Idalia continues to intensify and slowly move in. We are going to be faced with a, a major hurricane hitting the state of Florida uh, within uh, you know, the next uh, 24 to, uh, to 36 hours. So, so be ready for that. Those in the potential strike zone filling up with gas, boarding up and packing up whatever they can. It's pretty nerve-wracking to see it coming right at you, and the storm surge is what we're really worried about. It's uh, Right now, it's 8 to 12 feet. At this Tampa hospital, crews installing a 10-foot aqua wall to guard against any storm surge or flooding, while sandbags for many will be the last line of defense. It's going to be bad, and I'm kind of scared because I live in apartments, and when it rains, water come up on my porch, my balcony. Evacuation orders now in place for thousands who live along the shoreline and in low-lying areas. Even boats here are being moved to higher ground. It's got people really on edge. With Idalia getting stronger as it creeps closer to the coast. Jay Gray, NBC News, Tampa. And with disasters like hurricanes, tornadoes, and wildfires, it's important to have home insurance. But with premiums increasing nationwide, some homeowners are taking a risk opting to forego insurance. Now, this increase in premiums is correlated to major companies withdrawing from California and Florida due to the regular occurrence of natural disasters on top of inflation. According to Bankrate, the national average home insurance premium based on a $250,000 house increase this year to over $1,400 a year. Now that's up 20% from last year. An Insurance Information Institute survey says 12% of homeowners with an income of less than $40,000 a year are going without insurance, and some say they'll rely on the government for assistance, but experts warn that's not the greatest idea. So in 2023, 
um, if there is a federal disaster declaration, individual assistance grants will give um, individuals $41,000 in grant money. But that, but $41,000 is not going to rebuild a home, I don't think, anywhere in the country. And there are ways to lower insurance costs, like increasing your deductible and bundling your insurance with the same carrier. Medicare can now negotiate the price of some prescription drugs, but it comes with some challenges how the plan will help lower the costs of life-saving medicine. And the battle over deputy staffing in Williamson County, why it's now turning political. And doctors found a worm in a place a worm should never be in someone's brain, how they believe it got there. Well, we're expecting a busy weekend at the airport because of Labor Day. AUS leaders say the travel crunch will start Thursday and go through the holiday. And the airport wants you to remember some of the basics to make your travel go smoothly. Make sure to know what to pack and what not to pack so you don't get held up at security. The airport also advises arriving two and a half hours early for domestic flights and three hours for international flights in case of long security or bag check lines. And lastly, book airport parking in advance or just have someone drop you off. Well, a neurosurgeon investigating a woman's mystery symptoms in an Australian hospital says she plucked a worm from the patient's brain. The 64-year-old woman had been admitted to the hospital after experiencing forgetfulness and worsening depression over three months. And some scans showed changes in her brain. Now, the doctors were performing a biopsy through a hole in her skull when they found that worm. And they say they were expecting cancer or cancer, some sort of abscess. Now, the doctors cultured the worm and found that... It was larvae of an Australian native roundworm, which are commonly found in carpet pythons. Now, the woman lives near a carpet python habitat and gets her native plants there to cook. While she had no direct contact with snakes, researchers believe that she consumed the eggs after cooking with the plants. Well, we may have gotten a break from the triple digits so far today at Camp Mabry, but no such luck at the airport. 100 degrees for an all-time record 32 days in a row of triple digits at Austin Bergstrom. They haven't yet broken their streak. And another dry day at the airport as well, where we'll likely finish August in the next few days with only 14 hundredths of an inch of rain. We'll have your local forecast with more comfortable mornings and a look at the hurricane when we come back. Right now, the 10 medications that will soon be subject to deep price cut negotiations with drug companies, the list of what it means for millions of seniors. Also, with student loan forgiveness now off the table, the tough choices as payments are set to resume on Nightly News. Williamson County law enforcement leaders say they may need the governor to step in and send in DPS unless county leaders make some changes. And it's a fight some are calling political that has the county judge saying he will not be bullied. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez tells us what's at the heart of this debate. They never had, no one, we never had a sheriff that gave a you know what. I've been here for 30 years. Sheriff Mike Gleason joined Charles Duvall, president of the Williamson County Deputies Association, to talk about what they call inaction by the county commissioner's court. We need these deputies and they're not even entertaining the offer. Tuesday, commissioners approved adding four deputies to the sheriff's office's ranks when a Republican member proposed it. But it comes a week after a Democratic commissioner called for 11 new deputies. I fully believe it is political. County Judge Bill Gravel denies those claims. This Williamson County Commissioner's Court has worked tirelessly to provide the sheriff's office with the resources they need to protect the residents of Williamson County. I'm not going to be bullied by one person who does a last-minute press conference. 
While more deputies will be added soon, Duval says four is simply not enough. According to FBI, the national average for counties is 2.8 deputies per thousand residents. The SO currently has 0.78 deputies. We need an additional 445 new deputies to meet the national average number of deputies. The Deputies Association says it's now considering reaching out to the governor's office for help. Without full funding, Williamson County can only be saved by Governor Greg Abbott by sending troopers from DPS to our aid. In Georgetown, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And a pay raise earlier this year boosted pay for deputies in the county. They start at about $64,000. That's more than deputies are paid in nearby Travis and Bell counties. And for some context here, we did ask the sheriff's office if deputies are required to live in Williamson County. Well, Deputy Charles Duvall says some specialized units like K-9 are required to, but most of them choose to live in the county because it's the area they serve. Deputy Duvall also says that many Austin police officers live in Williamson County because it's safer. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, this evening at 517, if this view doesn't make you want to plan a weekend trip to go grab a glass of wine, I don't know what will. I am so excited, and we all are here at KXAN, to welcome a new weather webcam to our family of cameras on air and on KXAN.com. It's the Barron's Creek Vineyards camera out in Fredericksburg. I'm so excited to have a view of all the weather that happens out there in Gillespie County. And boy, this ain't bad to look at either. What a wonderful place. You can even stay in those villas on site. Looking forward to many great years uh, to come of weather views. Let's talk about the weather locally. We've got north winds blowing in behind the front that moved in here a couple days ago. These north winds are actually being reinforced by the clockwise, the counterclockwise circulation around Hurricane Idalia. We'll talk a lot more about that in just a moment. First, locally, the north winds are our friend here during what has been the hottest summer on record so far, with only a couple days left of meteorological summer, ending at the end of the month. Dry air, though, has finally blown in, and it stays with us for the next several days. For Labor Day, weekend plans though including the texas game and your monday holiday plans we will see humidity slowly creep back up in the meantime that cooler drier air making mornings more comfortable it's not going to be the 50s that we're all waiting on that'll come this fall but morning lows finally more average over the next few days 73 74 we've had a record amount of 80 degree plus mornings this year high temperatures will still be hot and certainly above the normal which is 96 but you know it's not 108 110 we've been spoiled lately by the days under 100. We just got our second one today in the last 53 days. Here's something to mark your calendar for. Not tonight, but tomorrow. Another supermoon. This one is called the super blue moon because it's the second supermoon of the month. A pretty rare occurrence. Remember, this happens when a full moon coincides with the moon's closest point in its orbit to Earth. So it appears nearly 10% larger and much brighter than usual. If you want to mark the calendar for tomorrow night at 8.06 to the east, the moon will rise, be beautiful all night, and then it sets the following morning in the west just after 7.30. Let me take you out to Hurricane Idalia moving through the eastern gulf. Maximum winds are now up to 100 miles per hour, almost officially rapidly intensifying. That's got to be a 35 mile per hour gain in wind speed in 24 hours. This has strengthened 
30 miles per hour. Nevertheless, it's nothing to mess with. A Category 2 storm moving quickly now to the north at 16 miles an hour. This storm and its broad tropical storm and hurricane force wind field will impact millions across Florida tonight into the morning. This is expected to be the strongest hurricane ever to hit the Appalachian Bay area just west of Cedar Key and east of Tallahassee and Panama City. This storm system is going to be a slightly weaker system but impact millions more in the Carolinas and southern Georgia before heading out to sea. Tonight's forecast, 74 degrees here in town under mostly clear skies. Big bright moon on the way to the full moon tomorrow night. Tomorrow's forecast, a little bit hotter than today. We may make it back to 100, but hey, the north wind still feels relatively good, keeping that air drier than it's been recently. Over the next few days, temperatures may warm up a little bit each afternoon, but they stay a little more reasonable than most of the summer where we've been. On Saturday, the Texas home football game 101. Don't forget your sunscreen and some water. Labor Day weekend now looks completely dry and hotter than normal weather looks even more likely in your week two outlook. Now that school is in session, there is a concern over the lack of things some students need to succeed. One of those is Adderall, and now how students are misusing it and what's to blame for the shortage. In what could be a game changer for millions of Americans, Medicare will now be able to negotiate the price of 10 prescription drugs. The White House says this could save people thousands of dollars, but as Alice Barr reports, there are still some hurdles to overcome. Today, hope for lower prices on 10 widely used prescription drugs, now up for price negotiations between pharmaceutical companies and Medicare for the first time under the Inflation Reduction Act. It's a centerpiece of the Biden administration's efforts to drive down medication costs for seniors. I promise you I'm going to have your back and I'll never stop fighting for you on this issue. The administration says those 10 drugs account for more than $50 billion or 20% of total Medicare Part D spending over the past year. These prescriptions can cost hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars over the course of a year, and it's just too much for many people. At times, I've had to forego or ration some of my drugs because they were just so expensive. No one in America should have to live this way. The drugs are used to treat everything from blood clots to blood cancer, diabetes, arthritis, and heart failure. The negotiated prices are set to take effect in 2026, and this is only the first round of medications. These 10 drugs will soon become 20 drugs, and they'll be different drugs year after year. Drug makers, including Merck and Johnson & Johnson, have sued to derail the effort, calling it unconstitutional. And on Capitol Hill, many Republican lawmakers oppose the move, arguing what they call a price control will discourage investment in life-saving cures. People who can't afford drugs don't have access to innovation. President Biden touting an effort to save seniors money as he eyes a second term in the White House. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Well, as children return to the classroom, there's a shortage of ADHD medication. The FDA said last October there was a severe shortage of Adderall, and the agency's been dealing with it ever since. The FDA blames manufacturing delays for the shortage as demands for the drug increased significantly both during and after the pandemic. 
Also because ADHD medications are considered controlled substances, the FDA and the DEA set limits on how much can be manufactured annually. And there are now demands for the federal agencies to raise those limits. And there's also concern about students misusing Adderall. A study earlier this year found one in four students had used the drug without a prescription to help improve their academic performance. Coming up tonight on KXAN, America's Got Talent at 7, then at 9 o'clock, it's Quantum Leap, followed by KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.